dad stealing the show once again. Hello and welcome to another episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. I'm Matilda Bosley. And I'm Ray Bosley. And we are messy bitches who live for the drama. Yeah, I'm trash. And how are we feeling? Well, it's it's funny. It was it's been a weird week with 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 the bachelor. Yesterday was what it was at F five, and and it was kind of oh pretty sort of low voltage, and it was a bit sort of like oh do we really care about anything? And then today was if anything, empirically it was worse. Like people mm. were acting more extreme and for less reason. But somehow or other, for me at least, I don't know about you, but for me, I kind of passed some sort of tipping point. It's like shit got real or something. I don't know. We reached the sort of precipice of where COVID hadn't affected the production. And what I'm hoping now is that we stop cramming in half episodes and then just have actual... Actual, you you cover some miles. Except they're on Skype. So Zoom calls. That will be a whole other thing to to sort of examine. Coming out of this week, who 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 are your favourites at the moment? Who do you like? Who do you dislike? Um, I think just because of the very nature of 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 what was happening and my kind of state of mind, I like the ones that didn't do anything that weren't in it this week <laughs> best. Um, anyone that kind of took the spotlight and was center stage from my point of view did themselves a huge disservice <laughs> no one no one came out looking good this week i i think i've figured out the problem with the season cuz there's been a lot of discussion about why is the season so boring because it's actually there's not it's not like nothing's going on yeah this yeah. is more drama than most series and it seems to be happening so frequently yeah but somehow it's still boring Oh, right. They've set the bar so high. Well, I don't know. We're just nothing's taking. Like, there's no central storyline. Ah, uh, yeah. But what I think the problem is, is that there's like eight villains. Yep. And only two actual contenders who are both profoundly unlikable. Yeah, right, right. Yes. Like, I don't know what it is, and I, I'm sure it's internalised misogyny, but I cannot stand Bella or Irina. Oh, okay. Well, I can't. I, I can't stand Irina. I, I sort of like Bella, but again, she she got quite a bit of a, a, a sort of camera time today, and yeah, I didn't I didn't sort of like her more because of that. I sort of liked her a bit less. I think. Yeah, I actually I didn't like them separately for absolutely no good reason whatsoever. Mm. But together, I did like their friendship. Well, I was kind of the opposite because I sort of I. Th- like everything that was being said. So Bella was upset and Irina, who had done pretty well, like her, mm. she'd had a good sort of little run lately, was kind of comforting her and we we sort of learned that they're friends. I don't know that I knew that before this mm. episode. Mm. Um, but They let you know things when you need to know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've figured it out. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, was just, just, I was just going to say yeah. that it, it all seems so fake what Irene was... Like all she was saying all the right things, but... We just sort of seen before our very eyes. We've seen exactly the opposite of all the mm. advice happening. So, yeah, I've figured out what I don't like about Ballerina Arena. Mm. It's that they like Lockie. Okay. <laughs> yep. Ge- yep. I've, I've, sorry, it's just all crystallized in my head. <laughs> it's a, it's a I huge can't stumbling block. <laughs> I can't take any of their emotions seriously yep. Yep. because they want me to believe that they're sad about this man, yep. and they are. And that's unforgivable. 
Well, unless, you know, in person he's just sort of so much more kind of charismatic and engaging and desirable than he comes across on on TV. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He honestly does. I mean, it would sort of make sense if that was the case. Like, people's reactions would kind of click if if, oh. he's, if, if in person he was just magnetic. Well, you that's know? what they say about Donald Trump. Right. Okay. That you meet him and then he's, he's magnetic. Okay. I hate... I don't think they're right, but maybe... Maybe Lockie's got a sort of Trumpian kind of thing. Yeah, maybe I'm the same polarity as him and he repulses me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I actually find him, like, interesting and charismatic on screen, but I just profoundly dislike him. But, like, I wonder if that part of my dislike is there's been, like, a lot of meta-narrative in the news which you're not necessarily keeping up with Mm. and, like, other podcasts and other sort of drama things and the Daily Mail and all of that sort of conglomerate, which is the kind of meta narrative of the bachelor okay and that's all very negative like locky negative locky negative so apparently he was like dating lots of girls in this section now where all of them are at home like was going out with the math stars going out with this 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 like and had a lot of girlfriends right before the show started that he sort of ghosted you know so i don't know i just don't believe anything i'm not taking the show at face value i think with Lockie because i've read Mm. this other stuff and it's like i don't know i've got two unreliable narrators the producers (laughs) for the bachelor and the daily mail to go off so yeah i'm a bit adrift on on who to believe well why don't we dive in and get your sort of um in the moment reactions to Mm. what is episode five I think we've hit hump day. The novelty's gone. I don't even have to hear what he's going to say because I sort of know what he's going to say. At his best moments, there's some sort of compelling kind of horror to it. I I just hope tomorrow night's a bit more of an interesting episode because otherwise this week's podcast is going to be pretty dumb. I just was not in the mood for it tonight. (laughs) So episode five, I want to start this by telling you how this episode started, but I don't remember. We, um, uh, it was at a cocktail party. We land in the cocktail party. Yes. This is the cocktail party where, for some reason, Roxy and Juliet are just going at each other. They don't like each other. Roxy's convinced that Juliet's going to be talking shit about her. Making up little stories. Making up little stories. Mm. Juliet didn't. No, and, and, seemed and to have no, no no person who was sane would waste their time, precious time with Lockie, talking about anyone else, surely. Yeah, well, you would think so. However, it seems that I wasn't particularly interested in this because the only note I have from this small section is Steph looks like a small 18th century ghost. Oh, yes, yes, which was an observation of, of Joe's, wasn't it? I, I'm i not quite sure. Um, uh, Joe, uh, my mother, your wife. Yes. Uh, yes, I just like that she's in the background of every shot. Oh, okay. She looks confused <laughs> about how she got here and what all this modern technology is. And, her, and yet her eyes seem to follow you. <laughs> her hair is almost done in kind of what you'd imagine the ring girl's hair would be like if, mm. she, if she tossed it back. I just, <laughs> she looks so beautiful and confused. And I, I really like Steph. I, she hasn't said a word these two episodes. Steph I'm, was was the dad. In she the was the dad. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. just grown to absolutely love her. I really hope she. I was about to say I hope she gets a single date next week. We're on fucking Zoom next week, so I guess that's not going to happen. They're all single dates. So one important thing that happens in this cocktail party, which is a bit of a phenomenon that you haven't quite encountered yet, is that we have the sort of hallowed role of the shit stirrer. 
So yeah. if you remember, Laura came and sat down with the sort of, uh, what do we call them? Like the sort of mean girls posse. Yeah. And started the saying. Heathers. The Heathers. <laughs> thank you. The Heathers. And started talking to the clear Veronica of that Heathers, saying <laughs> that she's, there's rumours that Juliet's planning something, that she's going to start shit, oh, that she's okay. been talking shit about Roxy. Is any of this ringing a bell? Vaguely, but it's also <laughs> ringing a kind of resonant bell, an echoing bell, because she was she did that this tonight with um. I've heard that Caitlin's going to make. Oh yeah, was it her or was it someone else that was saying that? But anyway, but, yes. But uh, it yeah. w- the, that shit stirrer role is like quite a staple of the series, right? And we haven't truly seen it yet. I mean, Reva's done it a bit. And is this this is a, something that the, the producers sort of taken them aside and said, "Listen, this is what's going to happen. Tell, spread the word." Or? I I reckon a producers pulled Laura aside, being like, yeah. "Did you like? I mean, everyone's talking about what they're planning. Like, shouldn't you get to the bottom of it?" And she's like, "Fuck it, I need screen time." Mm. And so she's gone over. The best moment of this party came when um the sort of mean girls posse was all chatting and they're like, "Oh, they're all talking about us." And then one, Christina goes, oh, well, we'll just look like we're having a good time. Look like we're having a good <laughs> time. Right. And then what happens? Then they all sort of threw their heads back and, and just giggled. <laughs> 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 I like that Christina didn't know what to do and she did like a little dance. Oh, did she? All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to move on to my favourite part of the night, mm. which was Penguin Girl. Uh, Penguin Girl, um, namely, namely Rosemary, who mm. um, got, did she, she, she sort of hustle um, Lockie aside and, and then sort of she'd had, I think <laughs> inspired by Juliet's letter, she'd put pen to paper too, hadn't she? <laughs> but um, sadly, uh, she may, had the sad judgment to write a rap song, which <laughs> she then performed for Lockie. Oh, I'll, I'll get the lyrics to the rap. Okay, here it is. I'd like to perform to you Rosemary's <laughs> rap. <laughs> So it was only the other day when we first met, you grabbed me by the flipper when I started to sweat. Wow. I never knew I had a type until I saw your height. You can tell me I'm more than wifey material because I can cook more than a bowl of cereal. Oh, okay. That's, that's Eminem worthy. That. I know this rap is kind of crap, but hey, I thought I'd give it a crack. And then the women cheer. <laughs> and then the most amazing bit is Ariba going, Yay, Rosemary, you killed it. Woo! And then cutting immediately to a talking head where she goes, Are you joking? Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the content I want. That's the content I need. Look, it, 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 uh, it was probably kind of performed in the worst possible forum and context because every seven minutes we, uh, we get Snoop Dogg's menu log ad. <laughs> Which, um, even though it's Snoop Dogg doing an ad, it's still, you know, another tier of quality in terms of rap. It still has a beat (laughs) and a rhyme scheme. And an attitude and some sort of semblance of coolness. Well, it turns out it was actually the death knell for Rosemary. Yes, yes, because Um, one short day later... Unfortunately, something got her and it wasn't even COVID. Can you imagine what Rosemary's house would have been like? I would have liked to see that in the back of a Zoom call. I feel like it would have been hectic. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yes. her, her little her bedroom or something or other. There would have been so many little tiny dolls. Yep, yep. Oh, uh-huh. she'd have one of those, you know those pop figurines? Yeah, pop figurines. Yeah, so. you know those like little 
bobbleheads oh, of like the okay. TV characters. Funko Pop. Yeah. Funko. Thank you. Yep. Y- she'd have a wall that were the Funko Pops in the boxes. Yeah, or or sort of, or she'd kind of have set up her camera in front of her kind of. Maybe I've got it wrong here, but I'm thinking a bookcase with board games all kind of yeah. lined up, <laughs> yeah. sort of, so you <laughs> yeah. could see the covers of them. We're we're onto her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there'd be like three too many penguins. So then we have a Reba dictating what side of the couch she wants to sit on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So she gets, she gets, she hustles um, Lockyer's side. She gets some one-on-one time at this cocktail party, and then. Because they're shtick. I mean, the only thing they know about each other is that Ariba likes to sort of be, the, you know, the, call the shots in, in a mm. relationship. And so Lockie kind of brought that up, I thought, and, and made a big deal of, oh, so you, you know, which side do you want to sit on? Or they perhaps they kind of got into one of those awkward sort of things where they didn't quite know which, who was going to sit where. I think it was very much about what what's her good side on camera. Oh, because I yeah. had a different take because... I thought it was uh, a bit of a sort of chestnut for when you get photographed if, if you're doing any sort of press or something and you are way better off to stand on the extreme right of the group because then your name comes first in the photo caption. Oh. Because you're on Honestly, the... she is playing 4D chess yes. with us. So <laughs> yep, yep. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was yes. it was a move that was also done by but, Kira on Bachelor in Paradise, which is why I went uh, to okay. that. Okay, but I see, I don't see Ro- uh, Ariba as the sort of person who would ever admit to having a less good side. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And honestly, every side of her face is perfect. Oh, but hang on, she I'm does... obsessed with how pretty she is. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then she does say that you don't want to get on the wrong side of her. So perhaps, perhaps I mean correct. Oh, well, is that the same? The left. The problem with Ariba and Lockie, I think, before we get on to him ditching her, is that Ariba is um, like a sort of uh, self-confident person with her own points of view yep. and opinions. Um, and what Lockie is looking for most in a woman is utter subservience. Yeah, box ticking. Yeah. He's very much, The Bachelor is a menu of women to him. Mm. And Ariba is not the main he's picking. Yeah, yeah. He's he'd rather have the the set banquet than, <laughs> yeah, than oh, have, real. To, have to figure out how to how to consume. Yeah, genuine. <laughs> or be consumed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Whatever the case may be. So we sort of Lockie then appears to hear Roxy quietly sobbing, oh, but that's then Ariba right. yes, yes. doesn't. Yeah. So. From what we're told, storytelling-wise, we're seeing them having their sort of chat and, you know, doing their shtick about who's the dominant personality. And then, yeah, yeah, Roxy's all upset because, you know, of course, she didn't get didn't get that moment, that five minutes alone with, with Lockie. And so she's crying. Or was there some big, no, that's, bigger that's reason? No, that's it. That's it's it, that, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and, and it's shot, like, on a long lens and you can sort of see her in the distance, but, like, fairly large in frame crying and so Lockie sort of realised that and goes off to sort of oh gee but perhaps then, I'm needed over here but then, then she is in another room all the time they're talking Ariba's kind of you know merrily sort of chatting away with her girls and clearly sort of not aware that that, that it's going on and then then there's this moment this terrible moment with the best reaction <laughs> where she goes <laughs> <"Ooh."> <laughs> where she realised I actually sympathise with both of them like, Arena, it's not a great situation. You'd feel kind of pretty disrespected, not disrespected in that kind of way, but, like, you'd feel off. a bit less than that you've been left. Roxy also, like, I just, I can't get over how much Lockie sells every one of these women mm. that he's basically 
they're the only one he likes. They're the one he's talking to. Like, women aren't usually... There's usually, like, one stage five clinger who's this obsessed with him at this... the oh, Of The Bachelor okay. at this point. Like, yep, what are yep, we... Yep. Week three. In a normal mm. period of time, we'd be at, like, episode three, four. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um... But Lockie's kind of... But every woman that he's been on a date with because that's his, is that level. That's the engine with him. He, yeah. He, that's, all, that's what he's got. That's his party trick. That's is, all he has. Oh, this is a real moment we're sharing, unlike all the other nonsense. And, and honestly, like, it, it's genuinely, like, it's not, you know, it's not, like, a horrible thing to do. But it's like, Roxy, we give a hard time for crying. Bella, I think, has been crying since the first moment she appeared on screen. But Bella, who's upset. We've got Irina. Obviously, this comes into the next episode. They're both sort of devastated about everything that's going on. We've got Roxy who's crying. And it's like, we're meant to believe at least Roxy is a bit unhinged for this. But, like, he's promised a lot to all of these women. It's it's certainly an untenable situation. It kind of speaks to my sort of one of my first sort of gut reactions, which is it it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add up. Like there's there's initially what twenty two of them all competing for no really good reason for this mm. guy. I mean, at least from my perspective, I could take Lockie or leave him, and mm. well, I could yeah, probably most likely leave him. But <laughs> um, but. Everyone's acting. The reality that we seem to be, you know, that seems to be in front of us is that they've all just instantly kind of fallen for this incredible demigod, Lockie, and yet they're sort of busily, you know, making little friendship groups and, 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 and firm kind of duos and things like that and getting upset when when anyone else sort of makes any sort of move to this guy that that's mm. the that's the reason they're there. I don't know anyway. The couple I'd like to see emerge from this. Mm. Bella and Irina. I right. think they need to cut out the middleman oh, okay. quite yeah. literally. Sure, yeah, yeah. And um just make it happen. They, they, yes. Leave in <laughs> to be that moment where they just admit that they can't fight this anymore. <laughs> and the Zoom calls, the Zoom mm. dates, the backgrounds will be sort of suspiciously similar. Well, although one will be like flipped or something. Yeah. Or... You'll sort of hear one person laugh and hear it from Bella's camera as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm mm. here for it. Okay, so let's talk about Roxy okay. somewhat tipsily confronting Lockie crying. Yep. And she's sort of saying, you should have come to me, you should have... Sort of pointed it out, and uh, you was know, she saying that, or was she just sort of saying how upset she was? And... Well, it, it sort of it went from I'm just upset. It's mm. been a big night mm. to the real sort of feelings, which is we had this amazing date, and then you kind of didn't even yep. look at me this whole night. Which, like, I'm sorry, is just kind of reasonable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it's extenuating circumstances. But then I thought it was quite refreshing that he was like. No, sorry, I actually should have come and got you. Right. Yeah, he reacted better than he had to. Yeah. In that he could have gotten away with it in the format of the TV show if he was sort of just sort of, you know, came up with the boilerplate sort of, you know, placating her and and comforting her sort of thing. But also, actually, again, I've changed my mind. Mm. It's not... Sorry, there's a lot of girls. I'm just trying to make sure, you know, we spent time together. I'm just trying to make sure I sort of chat to everyone because, like, obviously a lot of people are a little bit upset. It's, you're right. I should have come talk to you. You're, I'm chasing you. I'm obsessed with you. He says this, like, oh, he's like, you're, I'm so drawn to you. Oh, you've nothing to worry about. You've nothing to worry about with us. It's like, she does. (laughs) She has a lot to worry about. Uh. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so Roxy's kind of distinguished herself as one of the more kind of um, interesting and and high voltage people there mm. in, in terms of like shit happens around Roxy. Uh, and we're meant to think that she's totally unlikable. I kind of agree, mm. but I'm trying to fight it. I'm trying to like find the editing, but also she seems like quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. So yes, they've been trying hard to make her. She, she's the kind of bunny boiler, which is probably mm. an old. I don't know if you're uh, stage five clinger. Is is, yeah, is that's okay. the terminology? Yep. Um. So we move. Quickly on to the best shot of the series ever, which is a Reba just going off about Roxy, really pissed off, justifiably. Um, she's been crying at the start of the night, she's been crying at the end of the night. She sort of walks around, sees Roxy in the hall, and then just goes... Aah! Yeah, it was <laughs> like she was sort of um, turning a corner to go down the hallway, and then like a second later than she should have saw that, oh shit, that's the hallway, Roxy's actually standing in... And I don't think she was quite looking at it. She was looking the other direction. But she does this huge <laughs> double-take slapstick kind of turn around and, and, and in high heels sort of zooms out of there. Yeah. I, she's so good value. Like, <laughs> she's not doing anything unbelievably hurtful. She's a bit problematic. She's not sort of aggressively bullying anyone. And she just provides the best sort of facial expressions that I think we've ever seen on this show. (laughs) I don't know. I can't get enough. And Uh, Laura also, just in terms of the kind of people that keep things bubbling mm. along there, Laura's good because at least in um, uh, yesterday's episode, she was trotting out two or three very choice turns of phrase. (laughs) I mean, perhaps nothing kind of honey badger level, but... Mm. um, what did she say? The, oh, there's a lot of beef in the air. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of beef, beef in the air. At least 500 grams of beef. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I adored it. Um, we move on to the rose ceremony, which all of a sudden we're meant to be paying attention to Zoe Claire. Oh, yes. Yeah. Many, many, many shots of Zoe Claire. So many shots of Zoe Claire. I think because they made the mistake of establishing her as a character, which she, by the way, now says that that sort of drunken rant she was on anti-gastro medication can barely remember the first night when she was drinking water Mm. and then has no memory of the second night when she had two champagnes with the gastro medication do we believe her maybe not borderline (laughs) are we ready to forgive Mm. (laughs) well (laughs) we're we're feeling hurt because she, she she denied us her by getting kicked out yes so okay once again this is me repeating things from another podcast on our podcast but allegedly she kind of had enough of the shit Juliet sort of tried to wrap her into the drama uh, and then she basically threatened to leave or like wanted to leave and was just over it i think because maybe what happened on the first night like right she was pretty over it from day dot mm. and then they basically said like no we'll eliminate you instead which i don't get because it's like it would have been good drama you could have fucking got two episodes out of that cocktail party maybe yeah yeah well uh, look i think Ever since, you know, so, so Zoe Claire came on strong, like hit the ground mm. at, at, at 110 miles an hour, and then every other time we saw her, really, when you think about it, she was kind of holding back and, like, deliberately not making the choices mm. that we thought she would after seeing episode one. And, and she was became a pretty quickly became a non-entity. Yeah, which maybe it was the gastro meds in that case. Right. So Zoe Claire and Claire leave. All the girls seem genuinely quite shocked about it. And then we just jump... 
straight into another episode, but it's the same episode. Yeah, we start the new round of dates and things. And yeah. It's, um, it's uh, Irina going sword fighting with Lockie, isn't it? Yeah, but first we have some more Roxy and Juliet beef. 500 grams of beef. Yep. That kind of didn't go anywhere. I'm sorry, I want to go back to Juliet having the conversation with Lockie. She said at the cocktail party, she said, oh, I wanted to go to this football... Because remember, she didn't go to the football That's thing. That's right. Yes. She's like, I wanted to go to the football thing, which apparently she did not at all. <laughs> um, I wanted to, you know, sh- show you me without my makeup, without my tits out. That's right. But she says that with her boobies as far out as they could possibly be. In that time slot, yes. Yeah. I, I loved it. It was a great dress. She looked great. <laughs> but I just thought it was very funny to sort of be like, I don't wear makeup and I don't like to have my boobies out. With a full face of makeup and with her boobies very out. I love it. We love the duality of woman. Mm. And by that, I refer to both of her boobies. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Irina goes on this date. Yeah. And like. Strange what, date. What's, what's well, well we, we sort of. Um, it's like. Oh, it cuts to. Cuts to. To the mint. <laughs> the, the Sydney mint. The Sydney mint. If this, this episode. I was like, this episode's dragging a bit. You know what we need? The mint, <laughs> yeah, which m- must have paid them because they were just there for the lawn. Well, it must be some sort of heritage building or some, you know, very ancient kind of uh, wonderful building and the ideal place to have a sword fight in the courtyard. And um, yeah. so we saw uh, them all suddenly <laughs> dressed up in fencing gear. With they were the beekeepers, as they call it. They looked like a little beekeeper. You looked gear. like a beekeeper. Was Which like I don't. Just the least insightful kind of observation, <laughs> I thought, from Lockie. I don't think they realise that that is. It absolutely was not on purpose, but it is a reference to a popular Australian TikToker, Peaches PRC, oh. who is now branded the beekeeper with the sword emoji. Oh, this okay. is so niche. Right. We need to get out of this straight away, right. but I just want to say they didn't realise. It was a very well, nice niche reference that they were not trying to make (laughs) and i still felt like i'd gone for a ride without even knowing that yeah um so then what they do what can only be described as as walking slowly holding a sword it 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 sort of looked kind of fun and 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 playful and everything until you sort of reminded yourself oh okay they're sword fighting so like these moves are meant to be you know what you would do if you wanted to kill someone with a sword and it just made no sense whatsoever in that context. She did hit him in the dick pretty hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Oh, playing with this sword. Oh, I've got, uh, I've got no protection down there. Oh. I, I made a note that they are wearing face masks, but not COVID safe ones. Yep. Yep. Definitely not three layers. Lots of droplets able to come through <laughs> them. Um, so they they flail around with their rapiers for a while, and yeah. then then suddenly we're kind of having lunch, aren't we, or something? There's oh, it was an evening meal with the tree with all the lights in yeah. it, and it's very romantic. And and then they rock up, and on the table is a knife engraved with their names. Oh yeah, yeah. A sword, because they're going to saber open the the champagne. Yeah, and it was so fucking boring. Yeah, so I mean, I I, I must admit I don't didn't know at this point what sabering open a, a champagne was. I thought he was going to they were going to chop the glass through the neck or something or maybe they that's did. What, maybe they did, but they did it by sliding the knife from the the body of the bottle down towards the yeah. the cork and what when it hits the little sort of rim then, the, then that top bit off. of glass pops snaps off this is the second champagne related high drama moment in a single date yeah oh okay so how did, well, okay well so how did he know 
how did he know how to saber open a, a, a bottle of champagne when we had spent half an episode <laughs> discussing that he'd never popped the cork on one? He's learnt so quickly. He's got selective blindness, I think. He needs to just fucking bring a beer to a date. Honestly, he doesn't like champagne. And, and yet he's... It's not like any of the girls would balk at that. They'd, yeah. Oh, I love beer. They're all cool girls because yeah. they are trying to match mm. to his every whim. Yep. But yeah, constantly bringing up champagne for a man who does not enjoy the, the substance one bit. Or so he would have us believe. <laughs> um, and then the episode ends. Right. Uh, that yeah. What was the that was the saber? Was that it? Was that, that was the literally last it. moment? They okay. say, "Oh, you, I, I feel so calm around you, and also I feel so nervous around you, and also I like you." Mm. And they seem to really like each other. Yep. And then just nothing happens, and the episode ends. They did kiss. They did one of the better kisses, I thought. Oh, I, I didn't I, even see. I'm I didn't pretty even sure notice. I'm right there. There was a lingering sort of thing, and they both seemed to actually genuinely get into it a bit. Yeah. Good for them. Mm. I, I don't care. That that episode it was kind of remarkable. Where we were watching it, and I remember when we sort of got to this date, it was like, oh, that's right, Lockie's in this show, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. things suddenly just got twice as boring. Yeah, it completely. Yes, it, t- it totally took a dip when we actually started hearing about this sort of man child again. Oh, he described himself as a man child, oh, okay. and I hated it. Um, so <laughs> that brings us to episode six. And why don't we dive into your sort of reactions here? I think this is really where the tide started to turn. I, th- I think it's got to the point where it's so bad that it's good, so I'm actually, I'm, I'm all in now. It was just so appallingly bad that it, it's like all bets are off. There's no genuine human emotion here, so in the way I feel kind of liberated. Finally, that's what it is. I think that I'm identifying with the cast now because they've all been so traumatised and abused that they've reached my level. We're in this together now. <laughs> <laughs> so we begin the episode with... um. Some Bella and Irina drama. Irina's describing her single day. Oh, yes, yes. She sort of said quite cockily, oh, I wouldn't want to make the other girls feel bad about themselves by talking about this date. Bella's feeling bad about herself. Her mm. poor little that poor little puppy dog eyes. Yep, yep. She was tearing up and she was kind of, yeah, hurt. So Bella's very hurt. We're sort of talking about whether they kissed or not. It's all a bit boring. And then we suddenly jump into Osha coming in and we've got a group date. Oh. The group chat. Dad, this was 25 minutes ago. What was the group date? The chess. Oh. (laughs) Oh, God, yes. The most convoluted, the the longest reach of any sort of thing, so... I've had a thought about all the games that this game of chess was closer to than chess. Or chest. Or chess. Number one, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Number getting, two. <laughs> getting across a, a playing field and then being, having the ability to send other people back, your competitors. Yep. yep. Number two, snakes and ladders. Mm-hmm. Ariba's yep. the snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three, checkers. Yep, yep. Oh, valid points, yeah. That, number, th- number four, <laughs> a bar graph. Right, yeah. Yep. It really was not chess, and I'm very upset about it. There wasn't even two teams. No, there were like uh, s- sixteen teams. There were six, but also <laughs> some of the girls just seemed to not play. Oh, was I it think... down to nine of them or something? No, no, was, no it was it a just big, random. Group, group. It was just random, like six of them on the board, and then the rest uh, were sitting down. Yeah, maybe they skipped the sort of selection. Well, they also 
the whole point of this is that it's meant to be about learning the compatibility between the girls yeah, so and Lockie. Let's, let's fill people in. So there, a number of these women were on a chessboard at one end side of the chessboard. Lockie's on the other side and they can advance when they answer uh, questions are asked and the, the girl whose turn it is answers the question and if that answer matches well mm. with what Lockie's answer is, then she moves forward and if it doesn't, then she doesn't move. The whole point of this game, by the way, mm. is to get the ambitious girls, and it did not succeed, is to get the ambitious girls to lie about themselves uh-huh. to impress Lockie to get the time with Lockie, which will cause other girls to accuse them of right. being liars and it caused drama. Ah, it in- happened to Abby. Ingenious, yes. That's when she was saying that she wanted kids, was mm-hmm. in this a very similar game, except they were wearing wedding dresses. Um, but So it, it didn't really work here. But yes, but the thing was... We didn't hear the fucking question. That's right. They cut them out. They just have the... Yes, so, a match. Yes, no. Hot? Yes, I think it's hot. And, like, they had one question that was just to introduce Gemma because she fucking accidentally wins, I'm sure, uh, totally aghast to the producers. But, like, I wanted to know. Like, am I stupid for wanting to know a bit about the man that we're meant to invest 10 weeks of our life <laughs> believing is a good... Like, you know, that's all good. They want time with him. I want fucking time with him. I want to learn... I want to learn one redeeming quality about this man. And all we got was him being a little smarmy little prick and saying that it was hot when girls wear the boys' T-shirts. And he didn't, couldn't even fucking write the T because he had scribbled the top of that T like 18 times because he clearly was writing some other letter and then couldn't be bothered erasing it and writing it again and just wrote that. I'm just... It seems, it, w- <laughs> it seems to cut you a lot deeper than it cut me. I just... I just... I'm watching a show to learn about people's compatibility and you cut out the bit where I learn if they're compatible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we sort of are reminded and or told for the very first time, <laughs> yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't make a judgment about it, that she was Miss Queensland or something, or Miss Australia. Was she Miss Australia? She's, I'm pretty sure I heard her say that. She, anyway, she's a pageant, a beauty pageant winner. Yes. Um, and... We got initially, before, as this was starting, we got her little sort of editorial about what mm. we were about to see, and she twice in a row <laughs> called it chest, chest instead <laughs> of chess. And then then you hear the producer correct her. <laughs> she goes, oh, it's chess, no T. <laughs> so it wasn't just her mispronouncing it. She genuinely thought there was a T at the end, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Gemma emerges as not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree and um, mm, but yes go on I'll have something to say <laughs> <laughs> then um, I can't remember oh okay and she there wins. was a lot she of sends Roxy she wins back. yeah yeah there's a lot of sort of fury caged fury of Roxy kind of and and Ariba they were sort of at, at each other's throats mm. weren't they and and there is some sort of maneuver in the game where you can send the person behind you back to the start and mm. and Roxy tried to do that to Ariba or Ariba tried to do it to Roxy. It didn't quite work. And then Gemma did it to Roxy. So mm. piffed her off the board entirely. And then Gemma is like one stop away from winning. Yes. And then wins. Yeah. So then... totally defeats the purpose of this game. <laughs> <laughs> so they go on a day and I kind of was like, oh, maybe Gemma's the dark horse. Mm. No, because the date was a real... No, that's what I was saying. Maybe she's the dark horse. She's coming out oh, of the woodworks. Okay. And well, she's like fooled us with her yeah. sort of, you know, playing the sort of 
vacuous blonde kind He's of... He's a vacuous brunette, so I'd, yep. I'd accept yep. it. But no, they were not compatible. The, yeah, there was these, a lot of fixed smiles on Lockie's face listening to these answers about winning beauty pageants yes. and things. And what we're meant to feel, and what I did feel initially, is this dumb bitch talking about being a pageant queen. It's like, it's you know, it's a reference to pageant queens not being able to answer the questions and just going on and on and on. And poor Lockie is trapped with this horrible woman. Except, counteroffer. <laughs> Lockie goes on a date with a woman who has her own independent interests besides adventure and moving to Bali. She tries to discuss them for a brief amount of time, and that's a deal breaker for him. Yep, yep, yep. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. A space jump. What that's... does he want? What does he want? Yeah, so he, <laughs> yeah, he tries t- to talk about base jumping. Base jumping, and and Gemma misunderstood or just had it in wrong in the misnomer <laughs> that it was actually space jumping, <laughs> which is an improvised theater sports game. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she keeps referring to space jumping, and Lockie goes out of his way to say, "Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's the thing with base jumping." And <laughs> but she just she he was cutting, but she weren't bleeding. I adore her. <laughs> I love her. Um, anyone who, anyway, anyone who doesn't connect with Lockie, that's a tick in the right direction in my book. <laughs> but, but do you think she understood that? I don't think she was aware that she didn't. That no, no, no. Because she... Oh, yeah. She was a bit worried that she didn't get but, a rose. But the thing was that we all as an audience were watching and saying, oh, okay, so yeah, right. This is a hit. This is a, you know, straight through to the, um, to mm. the straight through to the wicket keeper, this one. But then just spoiler alert, she, she gets a rose. Yeah, she's over Rosemary, who we seem to genuinely like quite a bit. Yeah. And Christina, who was fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were all wrong. The best bit. Of that date, though, was when she said that she was like an onion and that she had layers. Mm, yeah. Which cannot possibly not be a reference to Shrek. <laughs> so I'm led to believe that she is actually an amazing person. Right, right. And just slipping those Shreky references in. So the next thing we do is move right into a cocktail party. Yes, yes. Leading up to the, the inevitable rose ceremony and... And and things just took a real change here. Like this is where it, there was a real paradigm shift for me at this cocktail party because lots of lots of stuff happened, but it kicked off with um, Charlie two seconds after Lockie arrived, racing towards him like sprinting, doing a cr- crash tackling people out of the way to get to Lockie and say, "Oh, excuse me, Lockie." Can I just grab you for half a second? I've just got a little bit of a surprise. So she sort of frog marches him off to the side where. Mysteriously, there's a bathtub set up, like an old sort of, you know, um, Victorian era sort of bathtub full of mud. (laughs) And she announces gleefully that, um, uh, look, this might be a little bit awkward, but uh, we're going to have a mud bath together. And so next thing, they're kind of stripping down to underwear and jumping in the mud bath. And, um, of course, everyone's sort of watching from a distance and freaking out and can't can't believe what they're seeing. What just? What is happening? What is happening? So I need to inform you something that mm. you're not going to like. The bath appears in every series. Of yeah, the, the mud, the bath, mud bath appears. Okay. In fact, I'm going to show you a picture of the something, a, a sort of group trauma that we all went through in uh, 2016, which was the Richie Strawn Alex Nation chocolate bath. Chocolate bath. I want oh. you to react to these photos. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing two alleged human beings covered in chocolate except for half their faces. 
there's a rose in between them, there's candles everywhere, there's um, <laughs> vague hints of underwear. Dad, I don't want you to beat around the bush. It looks like they're bathing in diarrhea, oh, and okay, we yeah. all went through it. Right, right. And, th- and then there's been many a mud bath <laughs> since, and all of them have been awful. So the mud bath is just the worst staple of this show. Okay, well, see, I kind of... Well, then, perhaps perhaps I have to reassess everything, because I, at, at this point, I thought... I felt sort of like, okay, the producers, you've been sort of puppeteering these people, engineering these this kind of grand guignol kind of bread and circuses thing, and you've been tweaking and, and inceptioning people with things to, you know, malicious stuff to spread and all this sort of stuff. But now... Someone, for no good reason, has managed to get a bath full of mud onto the mansion as if it's their own idea. Yeah. And is That's kind such of, a good point. Is I sort of, oh, look, I've just cooked up this little surprise. I've brought half a tonne of mud and, and, and wrought iron and managed to kind of get it all at, you know, nice body temperature and we're going to jump in. Supposedly while in full ball gown, she's yeah. managed to sort of... So I, I thought, okay, all bets are off. You, you know, you, you, and, and, and as I kind of sort of said in my on-the-spot reaction, it was like a, a liberation because I, know, I no longer felt an obligation to kind of play by the... Supposedly the rules, because there were clearly no rules. It, it was just whatever's going to sort of uh, give them most immediate gratification in terms of on-screen drama and hang hang the expense. It's it's anything goes. So yes, but th- that is still valid because usually the mud bath is like a single date thing, right? The end of a long day, okay, that sort of stuff. Yep. This is still fucking ridiculous <laughs> so charlie and Lockie are in the mud bath and they're smearing the mud in each other's hair and hair. yeah i think that he kind of dared her to do that <gasps> as it turned out or something or that, other and so she couldn't back down and, no wonder they were talking about it taking a bloody hour that's right they had so. to have a shower <laughs> she would have had to both of them have a hair redone and stuff have a full shower full hair and makeup again yeah because the the, the, the you know the people who weren't in the bath were sort of commenting from a distance saying oh you know she's gonna this is just so unfair it's rude it's selfish she was gonna take him off for a few minutes and it's been a good hour yes <laughs> it probably had um so they're upset and then I guess the kind but of only for 10 seconds and then suddenly the Charlie's the forgiven <laughs> Charlie's forgiven we're War fine with her. Caitlin pulls him aside. They chat. They chat. They get all kind of arms around each other She goes to kiss him and fails, right? Like, that's what happened. They didn't kiss, really. Oh, what I sort of saw, the story I was told from was that they go to kiss and then there was like a close-up of her hand on his back sort of pushing him in, <laughs> kind of making the kiss go longer yeah. or something like that. It was just like a little peck. But then clearly she was doing this for the cameras, because then she goes immediately and tells everyone that they had a little peck. Like, but, but I, and what I didn't, un- and so everyone's outraged, like uh, just uh, furious. Bella starts tearing up at this point. Um, no, well, Bella's guilty, is what I'm saying. She oh. kissed Lockie at the cocktail party two two days ago. But what I don't understand is, I'm sure we saw at least three people kiss him in this very scene. Sure, they were just sort of pecks, so kind of nana pecks, but. Wasn't wasn't a different ballpark to what 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 Caitlin yeah. did, but everyone was just right off um, off the scale about it, and 
it was a huge feud, particularly between um, Roxy and Kate. Oh yeah, okay. And so this led to Roxy kind of basically losing her shit and, and, and <laughs> once again crying. Once again crying, but not before or during. Um, just lambasting um, <laughs> Caitlin, just really letting her have it to the best of of her ability. And Caitlin, um, and again, it was a bit of a sort of shift for me because I thought, oh, okay, all of these people are being sort of silly and irrelevant and, and, and hamming it up and doing that. But then when I saw Caitlin kind of egging on um, um, Roxy, like she was sort of, it was real kind of grade three stuff. She was mm. like... Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, holding cry. a hand up. That's right. I don't care. I don't care. Go. You know. Oh, yeah. I'm trash. Am I? I'm trash. Ah. <laughs> and then Roxy runs off, and she she goes, "What we've been seeing in every bloody trailer, it that's it. Your fake hair, your fake lashes, your fake tits, your fake what bleep whatever, like all this sort of stuff. Trash. You trash. You trash, trash. Gold Coast trash. Gold Coast trash. And all with this sort of you know telegenic smile and kind of. Uh, you know, untroubled whatsoever. Anyway, at that point, I thought, okay, I, I, I sort of, f- sort of don't like any of these people, but I actually, I actually loathe <laughs> Caitlin. Like she's, yeah. she's just like she's actually like evil. Like yeah. she's kind of sociopathic evil. That's the thing, which is the problem with Ariba and Laura as villains. Is that they're so purposely big villains. And so transparently. So transparently. You don't actually believe that they're deep down bad people. Yeah, they're pantomiming baddies. Like, they're actually kind of likeable because they're servicing you, the watcher. And it's a bit of a lark and they know. They're they're letting us in on the joke and yeah. That was a a level of sort of semi-drunk and kind of viciousness that I've experienced from people in my real life. Yeah, yeah. It felt... True. It was knife twisting, twisting the knife enough so that you can then pour salt into that wound and then yeah. twist the knife more. You know, and also just like bad debating technique, which mm. is just talking over and go cry, go cry, go cry. Oh, it's all about the Gold Coast. All about the Gold Coast. One thing that I actually, it's not a funny note. One thing that I wanted to bring up that I've been having problems with on this show is that we're using like schizo and crazy and unhinged and like i mean i think both you and i are guilty of being like oh she's a bit insane but Mm. like taking a like broad look at it i don't know i'm really not i'm not comfortable with the word schizo going to air Mm. on like prime time australian tv to like describe women having valid emotions like the denigrating women having emotions is one problem, but also it's just like, I don't know, it kind of feels yucky that we're kind of in a show that is so renowned for having like a questionable relationship with mental health to begin with and reality TV in general. And like Abby Chatfield, you know, has talked openly about feeling suicidal after being on the show and stuff like that. I don't know. It just feels like, oh, are you the people to make fun of mental illness? So we go... Straight from this kind... Oh, and this was all made worse by Lockie grabbing Irina to have a chat. Because none of them have had time to talk. Oh, that's And then right. he grabs Irina. Who he'd just been on the date Which he's just been on the date with. Given a rose to already and all that sort of stuff. Which yep. the producers have clearly told him mm. to grab the one person that's going to make everyone absolutely furious. But I thought this genuinely had a nice emotional moment with Bella. Where she goes, oh, I just really like him. And then he didn't even look at me tonight. Mm. And I don't know, I felt that. I was like, oh... Yeah, well, Bella. I think I think Bella's 
maintain, maintains her status as one of the few that has genuine emotions that you are relatable. Mm. You know, you kind and of it's not liking Lockie is not relatable. But go n- on. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but but you know, back to the first episode, she came she came across as the only one in that episode that was that had genuine human beings' feelings, mm. <laughs> and and she still is pretty. I mean, Nicole. We have hardly seen anything of Nicole, but um, I want more Nicole. She she also jumps out as as sort of one of the more relatable ones, and one that you kind of at least have some sort of semblance of identifying with them. Mm. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Bella and Irina are going to continue to have a really complicated friendship mm-hmm. and both liking Lockie. And rather than Lockie doing the good thing, and by the time you're in the final four, usually the Bachelor, like, low-key knows who he's going to pick. Right. Generally what happens is you end up with three strong contenders. Mm-hmm. Number one and number three make it to the final. Okay. And you send the second one who you genuinely... Right. Like and who genuinely is falling in love with you, mm. home at number three. You kind you of pull send, the bandaid off. You and... pull the bandaid off and you send them home when the, you're in Australia. I know that we're not going to be oh, travelling overseas, okay, right. but like one thing that Matt Agnew did is he made Abby fly to South Africa mm-hmm. to get dumped. But what I truly believe Lockie is going to do is be indecisive. We've there's a promo where he goes, I'm in love with both of them. Oh, okay. And he's going to be in love with both of them and he's not going to do the right thing and he's going to bring them both to, I'm assuming, just fucking Byron Bay, wherever they can get to during the pandemic yeah. and dump one of them. Bondi or something. Dump yeah. Irina there. It just makes me like him less. I'm disliking him now for things he hasn't even done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, We're into minority report sort of territory. <laughs> yes, I'm floating in sort of ambiotic fluid yeah. predicting the wrongs that Lockie will do the women of Australia. The, we ta- this takes us to the rose ceremony. Yes, yes. And and the numbers game is sort of, you know, getting crueler now because there's, what, 16 of them and two are going home. Yeah, yeah but it yeah. comes down to Rosemary. Uh, yes, the well-known <laughs> penguin rap star. Uh, Christina, the alleged PhD candidate. Yes. And Gemma. Yes, the uh, pageant, pageant queen. queen. Clearly... Yeah, had a bad day. Was, was yeah, it was no a connection. Absolute non-starter for that last rose. Yet apparently she gets it. Yep. And we're going to be forced to see her little pageant trophies and crowns <laughs> in the back of that Zoom shot. Yep. And she's going to line them all up. Yeah. She's going to set up a mirror. Yep. So that we see the ones on the other side of the room as well. Ah, oh, there'll be pictures of her as a nine-year-old in a tutu and doing stuff and it'll be, yeah. It's it's awful and I'm so upset that we're going to be subjected to that rather than Rosemary. Rosemary's Penguin Collection. And Christina's PhD thesis. That's right, yes. <laughs> we, we learn what on earth she's studying. Yep, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of picked that Christina because she's been a little bit of a non-entity yeah, last couple she, of apps. She, you could tell. There's sometimes people who are clearly just like, ah, it's not for me. But um, uh, yeah, Rosemary uh, certainly, you know, the contrast between she was pissed. Oh well, she well she was more than pissed. She was like devastated. She was like, she Hurt. was kind of upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, bad which. Though. Yeah, but then again, it's Lockie. Yeah, true. Actually, she dodged a bullet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then something dramatic happens. Oh, Osha comes back in. Comes back in. After must the... have walked out and then walked back in. Yeah, yeah. Counted to six and come back. Yeah. yeah. And, and no one knows what it is. No and one knows. 
and the gears are spinning in my head because I realised, ah, okay, it's going to be the COVID announcement. Ah, the thing we're doing this podcast to escape mm. has <laughs> entered the show. Yes, yes. And then they set it up as a cliffhanger. They set it up as a cliffhanger. <laughs> Next week on the... <laughs> but no, they set it up as a cliffhanger and then immediately cut back to that exact shot. And do it. For the, for the teaser. <laughs> I know. It was, um, yes, six sides around the square. <laughs> yeah. It didn't seem like they had figured out how what they were going to do even when they were sending breaking the news to them. Yeah. Because everyone just sort of, they seemed to kind of wonder if oh, is the whole thing over now? We're just going home. Well, yeah. What I want to know is we sort of see Osha talking to Lockie about it. Mm. I'm assuming Lockie has some sort of insight into the sort of producery, insidery part of the show, right? Like, more so than the girls would. It's not like he's being kept in the dark like they are. Right, right. So was he just pretending COVID didn't exist for that whole cocktail party? Oh, is he allowed home? I don't know. He but must be isolated they, as well. No, no, him. but they must not be. Oh, he's he's isolated in the home. But like, I'm sure he didn't not know what was going on to the same degree as the girls. Like, he must have known production was about to get shut down. Surely. Well, why would they let him in on it if they don't let the girls in on it? Well, because I don't know. It's sort of a sense that the bachelor is a bit more like in mm. control. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't really think that. If we'll I, mean, learn I don't think he's week. that good an actor. I don't think yeah. if he knew what was looming that he <laughs> he would have been rubbing mud on. Yeah, I don't think he pulled it. Would have pulled it off. The producers well. bloody knew there was a pandemic, and they still fucking set up a bathtub full of mud for them to roll around in. Well, they're all clean. None of them have got it. I so to quote. My mum, your wife. Mm. Next episodes, that's what I want to watch. That's the one I really want to watch now. Oh, this is good now. Yep. Mum was in. Yep, yep. She was pumped. Yeah, yeah. And look, and I'm kind of on board. As I was, as I was saying, all bets are off. I'm liberated. <laughs> I don't feel any loyalty to the rules of the game here because I feel like I've been just definitively betrayed by the producers <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's all uh, just kind of fun and games now. Uh, wow, what a great time to get on board on the show. Just in time for it to switch to Zoom. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I think that's as much as I can muster this week. Yep, yep. Where, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matilda Bosley. Dad, where can they find you? I, I think I posted something on Facebook this week, but I'm not sure. An ad for this podcast. You posted an ad for this podcast. Or, Please don't go follow my dad on Facebook. <laughs> that's not. That's not. I'm. I'm unilaterally declaring that that's not the social media you should follow him on. Yeah. Uh, you can follow our Instagram page, which I'll explain in the outro. Good on you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. If you want more fatherly content, you can follow us on Instagram at MyDadBatchPod or shoot us an email at MyDadBatchPod at gmail.com. This week's episode was produced by myself and Anthony Fergie. Music is by Latch Swing and Tri Track Young. And the cover art is by my wonderful sister, Perrin Bosley. Have a good one and stay safe.